All right, here we go, black and blonde. What are you talking about? What are you talking about? I'm black. <laughs> and I'm blonde. And we're at the tabes. We're at the table on a Sunday morning with some coffee. Easy like Sunday morning. Yeah. We I just, don't, I don't know. We didn't do it yesterday. Mm-mm. We were just like, we got shit to do. Yes, we did. I woke up nice and early. I was so proud of you this morning. We Thank talked you. about it last night. I, I'm just going to say, like, my confidence, I believe in you, but the mornings are not your time it of is, day. I don't want to wake up. No, ever. And you asked me if we could get up early. Well, early, you know. For you. For me. Do the pod. Or get coffee and do the pod. And here Which, we are. Here I am. I know. So here we are at I'm the table. I'm drinking my coffee. I'm drinking oh. my boo. Okay. And then school. Last week we said June. So school um, was about to be out, but it yep. is out. Audi bouty 500. Mm-hmm. I mean... Yeah, we're done. We got nothing to do. We just sit I mean, around. I have a full day meeting on Monday. They just don't give us. They just don't even give you a minute. They don't. They don't have around. Mm-mm. The funny thing is, so we talk about school being out, which is a good thing. But for both of us, our jobs don't cease no. in the summer. They look different, mm-hmm. but they don't stop. No, so they, they don't. But we're going to find a little bit of time. We to, will to and one. We need some time to clean up the shit around this house. Oh, you guys, we've got a messy. House. We're not messy souls. No, we are not. I, I mean. What's the word? Like, we're not dirty people. Mm-mm. Like, you would never come in our house and it's, like, filthy. Mm-mm. It might I mean, Would have... you go in anybody's house and it's... Well, yeah. Some people's houses are, like... I mean, filthy seems a little extreme. Okay, messy. Yeah. Like, I just don't... They're... We don't like papers. We don't like things. We don't have knickknacks and tchotchkes and... Like, wash your counter, wash your stove. Mm-hmm. Wash your are... handles. Yeah, but right now... The, I think that just the last two weeks have been... We Shit's are kind barely... of piled up. I'm looking at some dishes that are like over... The dishes are clean. Let mm-hmm. me preface that. It's not like we never have a dirty Ever. dish that stays... For after, more than maybe a half hour. After the meal, it's washed. Yes. I mean, that is... I have no ability Mm-mm. to wait on a dish. We will... Like, the house could be on fire, and we would be like, let's just wash these last two it's dishes. It's funny. I will wash the dishes immediately after a meal. Like, I don't have time. You will not leave a house... With a dish in the sink, or I can't like stand it. you don't do like we. That is one thing we're pretty aligned on is mm-hmm. the dishes. But mm-hmm. yeah, our house it needs a little picking up. It, it needs love. Some, it needs some picking up. I mean, Caden's got a whole corner of like whatever Shit. came home from first grade. Um, yeah. First grade hell. We're gonna do <clears throat> it though. We are gonna do it. And then listeners, what we got a surprise is we got coming. A big surprise. Big. It's not really for you, listeners. No, it, it is. But we've got a surprise. We're not telling you. Yeah, I mean, it has nothing actually to do with our <laughs> listeners. It might have something to do with our ability to ever do the pod again. I mean, yeah, don't give too much away. Uh, okay. we'll, we'll let you know. Okay. We might have a live coming this week. So if you're you know, anxiously waiting, mm-hmm. be ready for a live because you're going to want to tune into this one. You are going to want to. And then for those of you that were waiting all week to just probably know that our pool was up. Yeah, it's not up. Oh, God, no. No. Still in the garage. Because I had just, I think, a nightmare. I don't know. I couldn't sleep a couple nights this week. And I really, the corner, like in our backyard, the back left corner is like connected to a park. And it is a pretty big, big park. Like it's a big neighborhood. It's it's busy. And it's frequented. Yes. Yes. It is frequently used. And so kids could literally walk, and now we have a lock on the trampoline, and I'm not like worried as much about the trampoline, but you often see kids like staring at the trampoline, like 
looking, especially if Caden is in there. Mm-hmm. And then I started thinking, if we put this above ground pool, is that, I don't know, Natasha, I think we should have a fence. I st- so now we're doing some research towards fence gate. I mean, it is. I don't know who the fuck we are these days, but I, it is a lot of domesticity mm-hmm. and house items and projects. Ugh. Like, ugh, God, Just, who are we? But the yard, can we, I mean, last summer... For the listeners that endured hot trash yard summer. Yeah, it's just mild trash now. It is say. It is a nice looking yard. And the the perennials are beautiful. Maybe you should put a picture of the perennials on the uh, Insta. Do you think so? I it, think so. They look really nice. Yeah, they do. put them on so, All right. And then last thing before we get into reflection today, we spent a, um, a lot of our Saturday at a dance recital. Mm-hmm. We did. Mm-hmm. 40, um, we just go to dance recitals. 40? 40, 40 show. like 40 performances. Performances. Three mm-hmm. hours? Two and a half. Not quite. It was two and a half. Two and they half. went pretty quick. Um, so my niece mm-hmm. is in dance. Mm-hmm. We go because mm-hmm. we're going to support the niece. Mm-hmm. Uh, no matter what, we're ride or dies for mm-hmm. the kids and what they do. Whew. Natasha. It was tough. Now... We made it and mm-hmm. we did it and she was like she mm-hmm. she loves it. Mm-hmm. Like loves she it. loves dance and I don't love watching dance. There there were probably two to three pot episodes in, in the, those two and a half hours. Right. Okay. First let's just state the obvious a lot of white alones. Mm-hmm. I mean a gang of white alones. Um some questionable music mm-hmm. in the for, in the terms of like an appropriation style, not mm-hmm. like questionable. Well, questionable, yeah. There yes. were a couple songs where I was like, should young girls be dancing to that shit? And my wonder is if they even knew. Right. And then um, certainly like some appropriation type music, which the music itself was fine. Like the the arrangement mm-hmm. of the music, I really actually liked it, mm-hmm. but it was just like... It perpetuated the belief that like there's black music and this is what you look this is what you look like this is what you dress like when black music is on and this yeah, is how there you was dance. Just a lot of this is how you dance. Except for the one to the ballet, Runaway. Yeah, that no, that not that one, but the little kids in yeah. the black and the black tennis shoes and oops, I mean it wasn't a it was a culture thing which I get was like the beat boy culture like that, you know, but I don't know. Anyway, it, this isn't what this pod is about. No, it, it isn't and I think so to understand that though takes a lot of racial consciousness, and as I look around I that auditorium, there my, not a lot my of fear is always, you know, I don't believe. I think it perpetuates stereotypes and narratives and spreads whites. I just, it was the, tough. Ultimately, though, like and money, race money. aside, the two things that I struggle with the most about dance, and I'm this is not an episode about dance culture, but I'm gonna you know just say this. Uh, Body image, mm-hmm. wholehearted. Like I can barely mm-hmm. even function when I think about it. Um, and wealth, mm-hmm. like who can afford to be in? Because I do know, and I'm not going to put it on blast. I do know what it costs for my sister to send my niece to dance, and it is egregious. And and to pay to, to attend said event. Mm-hmm. Now I'm just going to put this on blast. We had to pay twenty one dollars mm-hmm. to attend that performance of children right. dancing and. In order to be in like a, you're in your main group, but then if you maybe do a a specialty a dance, spinoff dance, you have to exorbitant amount 
to pay more. Oh it's just, my gosh. It was, yeah. And I know I, there's probably some listeners who have kids in dance or are part of the dance we're culture. We're not judging that. I mean, right. I don't know. I, uh, so here's what I, I do like about dance. It did seem to be very team oriented mm-hmm. and they seem like, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? I do feel like there's some probably character building within it. Mm-hmm. I'm not downplaying hard dance as a sport. Hard work. Um, I'm downplaying the culture of dance, mm-hmm. the community yeah. of yeah. dance. Um, right. Yeah. Anyway, so Anyways, that was, was, a, was a, we made it. We made it. We made it. Our, and she's awesome. She, that niece and of yours we're is, proud of her. Yeah. Very proud of her. Okay. So last week we reflected, or we're going to reflect on Juneteenth. Mm-hmm. What you been thinking about? It is not quite Juneteenth yet. Not yet. Uh, next weekend. Mm-hmm. So my only reflection just really is, I really liked that episode from the bringing some sort of awareness or bringing that conversation to light to people. And so my ask would just be, as the week continues, and many people have Monday off Mm -hmm. um, as a federal holiday, so just I'm asking you to be mindful of it. I'm asking you to, to be aware of this day, to think about this day, to think about what it might mean to your black friends, your black coworkers, just and I'm talking only black people. This isn't a, this is not an event for um all people of color. So I want you to get that. This is a a holiday directly for black people. It is about slavery. It isn't about anything else. And so those people who are out there like I'm going to talk to my, you know, friends of color about no. Your black people. Mhm. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. And I liked the timing of it. I mean, I think mm-hmm. just as I, it just again, I feel like we've done some episodes where it's on the day we're talking about the thing. And so I just really like the timing of it. And I, I think as I listen to it, this is my reflection of my own language. Somewhere in that episode, we were talking about calendars, like holidays being placed on the calendar. Okay. And I was talking about, um, you know, Eid. Um, I think we said something about Rosh Hashanah or I did. And I said, I used the word other, like other holidays. And I just, as I listened to it, it really did not sit well with me because I think I do not like the word other because I think it centers, um, dominant white culture and Christianity and, um, Eurocentric. Um, and so I think just the intentionality of using when different is added, you know, or different. So we are become more inclusive by adding different holidays. I think to me, just the nuance of the language and maybe people are like, geez, Molly, like get over it. Words matter. But they do matter. And I just think we do in society a ton of othering. Like, you know, it's, this is the, this is what is dominant and everything else is an other. And, um, so I don't know. I just thought about that. And then we talked a lot about party city. Yeah. And party rocking in the house tonight. And we said, Oh, we're sure that, you know, the CEO of party city is a white man. You and I just said that we know that. And I was, I just got to know if he, he is indeed a white man. Like you had, you were guessing, second guessing. I don't know. Well, sometimes I'm like, what, like, what if, and no, turns out white man, party city. Yep. So can I just return to what you said about language? Mm -hmm. And, you know, I do think people maybe discount how important words are. And I don't, so I would, I can say for myself, personal, personal, local, immediate, if you were to say, the word other versus the word different. It's not like I'd pick up on it from a like, oh my God, like she used this word. But I would I could feel and recognize the inclusivity of your word choice. And I do think people need to understand that when you are talking to people, 
and you're using and you're being intentional about your words and you're using inclusive language, people notice and it changes a feeling. It can change a space. And so, yeah, like you can say, oh, Molly, like, why are you so worried about the words? Because they actually do matter. And so I do, I, I think when I sit in a space, especially, and I think a lot about at work and people are, I, I hear the language people are choosing. And I know that students hear the words people are choosing. People hear those words and you can feel those words, even if you're not explicitly naming it like, oh, I wish she would have used the word different instead of other. There is a feeling behind that. And so, yeah, it, it matters. It's not about, oh, you're thinking too hard about the words. It, you should be. Mm-hmm. So. And well, thank you for saying that. And I think that for me as a listener of this pod, cause I am a listener, I listen usually on Monday mornings. And I think, you know, I, I don't know, I become more self-aware as I listen to this. I, you know, I'm a listener of the pod. So I think it increases mm-hmm. my self-awareness and it makes me think critically about, you know, the words that I'm saying. And just because we do this doesn't mean, you know, we know, I don't know always what I'm doing or what I'm saying. And I think, and no, that's the part of authentic conversations that I do appreciate about us and that we're just vulnerable and saying, I didn't like how I said that. Absolutely. So, all right. Way to go, team. Today, the topic of the, of the episode is what are the, yeah, the episode title is what are you talking about? We rarely know what we're talking we about. We don't. <laughs> it's, the struggle's real. Mm-hmm. Um, so I read an article about the... What? What? I feel like almost 90... 85 to 90% of our episodes start out with someone read an article and usually it's you. Well, that's not true. And that's I mean, okay. No, a lot of them are like, Natasha shared a tweet with me. Okay. That's usually what it is. Either yeah. Molly read an article or Natasha shared <laughs> yeah. a tweet. That, that is typically how we roll through a week. Um, and the article was centered on the conversation that happened has happened after Buffalo and after Uvalde. Now we are aware in this episode, we're walking a little bit of a line of, you know, the last couple episodes, we've talked about how do we move fast past um, situations in which, um, you know, what happened in Uvalde and what happened in Buffalo, we just like, we're done with them and we've moved on and we haven't even really given them the tension. So we're trying to be intentional today of like separating that conversation from this one. And this one is really centered in, um, the article was talking about So Buffalo happens, and Buffalo was a racist hate crime, right? A Mm -hmm. white young person, man, had a um, white supremacist ideology, ideology, giant manifesto, and intentionally went to that part, to that grocery store, um, to kill black people. Yep. And so um, then Uvalde happens. And elementary school, major, I mean, I would think 100%, right? Hispanic, Latino. I don't think 100%, just majority. Majority. Mm-hmm. And then, um, but the conversation became about guns. And as a nation, now, people could argue they happened so fast back to back that no, like... No, you can't argue. No, right. So set that aside. As a nation, the the choice made to have a comprehensive and ongoing conversation around gun violence, gun laws, um, you know, which time out, which we should, which we should that. So a hundred percent hear that we're not saying stop talking about guns. No, but <laughs> that replaced any conversation that we never actually even had about white supremacy and and racism. Mm-hmm. And so as a nation, we do not and have not really ever in my truly, can I find a time where I think like 
the national headlines, the news, the things that were coming up at the top of the New York Times are centered in white supremacy and racism. And our our societies need to reckon with those things and deal with those things. We have talked, I mean, the headlines, like you're saying, have been about how we need to deal with gun violence, which we do, how we need to have better laws, which we do. That's a societal conversation happening right now. There is not one. You could say the same about abortion too. You could say the same about Roe v. Wade. Like we are having these national conversations and, and yet, I argue probably not a national conversation about Roe v. Wade, yeah, just a national anger. Right. So I think that the, the essential part of the article is when, why, will we ever as a nation be able to have a conversation about white supremacy and racism? And, and I think it's on this pod, I don't know if I, in October of 2020, when we did this first episode, mm-hmm. if I could have sat with these headphones on and said some <laughs> things about, you know, said, will we as a nation be able to talk about white supremacy and racism with the ease in which I can say those words now? Sure. And so I think if we're never, ever saying it and we're never reading those words, and if those words are only ever attached to the Buffalo shooting, and we don't begin to talk about the impact or how racism shows up, I just, I don't believe we're ever going to be able to do that. Agreed. And it's not just like to have the conversation when something happens, which we should, but it's the ability to sit in it. We have sat in the conversation around gun violence for several weeks now, Mm -hmm. and we should, like, we first of all, we shouldn't even have to have because we should have dealt with it already, but that's neither here nor there to this conversation. But we cannot sit in a, as a nation, sit in a conversation about white supremacy culture, about racism. The minute that that is the like kind of focal point of something, we move. Um, you think back to Dylan Roof in Charlottesville, mm-hmm. um, Charleston, Char- Charleston, Charleston, Charlottesville, Charlottesville, Charleston was the other one, yeah. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, we move like the conversation even then, and I'm not talking like he's the only one, but even then should have been like centered around this whole idea of white supremacy culture and where are young men, because that's prom- predominantly who we're talking about, getting radicalized and what are we doing? What is the the conversation in in schools where we should be having conversations? Um, you know. Just as, what are we doing? And we're, we don't have those conversations because we can sit in it for about seven seconds. We're more concerned about the fact that Dylan Roof got Burger King after he got arrested, which is problematic in itself, than we are really about the fact that like, he had a whole manifesto. We are now, I, you know, I don't even know what we're talking about in Buffalo anymore, really, except for guns. And again, we should because no child or no 18-year-old man should be able to get an AR-15. But isn't anybody, and this is, I haven't, read the manifesto, but you know, what, what was in the manifesto? What, where did the manifesto come from? How did he learn those things? What were things in the national or in, you know, in the conversation in, in his growing up in his environment that led him to only be 18 and have this manifesto? Where do those things come from? That it's a fascinating thing that we aren't interested in that, or we don't wonder those things, or we just accept the fact that this 18-year-old had this manifesto and nobody's asking those questions. No news media, even left-leaning progressive, where are those articles around the, the exposure of this manifesto? 
When, as to you, to your point, like this is an 18 year old, this isn't the lifetime of racist ideology. And we don't know how long, but like, this isn't, we're not talking about a 65 year old man. We're talking about an 18 year old kid that somewhere along the way got radicalized enough to be able to kill people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's the problem. Absolutely. It wasn't, you know, writing dark <clears throat> poetry or whatever, but you know, <clears throat> like, you know, <laughs> somebody I know. <clears throat> uh, Weird. Uh, right. But I think... I, I'm really, really interested in this topic today. It makes me think of all the things we've experienced. I would, you know, maybe with the murder of George Floyd, was there more of a national conversation? Um, But that was a national conversation around policing. Right. I was going to say, I mean, it was policing connected to race for sure. Right. But But the conversation was around policing. It wasn't just around White supremacy and racism. Right. Wasn't around white supremacy culture. It wasn't around race solely. It was intertwined, but it wasn't that. That. Right. There's never been a national conversation that I believe that is white alones being held accountable or being in dialogue or reckoning with or speaking about racism. No, because we just, we haven't had to. And we are able to couch it in these other things so that we can move on. So here's an opportunity Um, this weekend. Was it yesterday? Was it just yesterday? So June 10th or whatever, for people that don't listen in order, I guess. Um, But June 10th, there was a Pride in the Park um, event that was Mm going to go take place in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. Because it's Pride Month. Because it's Pride Month. So Pride in the Park, I think, in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. And someone, an observant citizen, um, noticed... A bunch of men going into a U-Haul van. Or... I think my understanding of it was there was actually an, like an informant, like someone. Oh, in, there was. Yeah, someone tipped them off. That's my understanding. I don't know. Probably okay. too early to tell. It doesn't really matter. Got it. Um, but it turns out that these all white men um, in this U-Haul, a member, a, a, a group, a group, um, Patriot Front. They are a Texas-based white supremacist group. And they, I put Patriot in our outline in quotations because what the. I mean, Patriot Front. Mm-hmm. What does that even? What does that have to do with anything? Mm-hmm. You're a white supremacist organization, anyway, right? Carry on. Um, and so they, um, right? They were going to go and they had smoke bombs and we're going to have the what they call flash demonstrations. I guess is what these white supremacist groups do. They go, they disrupt. They have these demonstrations, have these little riots, and then. Um, and then I don't know, right? Like I don't know. And then it goes viral on social media, right? Here, here's what I think happens through that. I think that is how you rally your base, how you radicalize people, and how you get events like what happened in Buffalo. Because all it takes is so you have this patriot group. They're not doing something like so illegal that mm-hmm. these people are... They're not murdering people. 31 right? of them. What? 31 of them. Right. But they're not murdering people. What they're doing is putting this, they're doing this event, this riot, this flash riot, um, whipping up their base. And one crazy ass radicalized person who watches this event happen will go and do something like a buffalo. Mm-hmm. And then that group has done their bidding mm-hmm. without ever having, they're the Charles Manson of totally of the world. They don't, they get other people to do their bidding. They just whip up their base enough to do it. Totally. They put out the ideology. <clears throat> they tell people what to believe and what to think. And then they they get the one 
fucking crazy ass person who's sitting in their basement during COVID and decides, hey, now I'm going to go shoot a bunch of people. So this is the danger of these groups. People will say, well, they're not, they didn't do anything. They're not hurting anybody. First Amendment First rights, Amendment, all yeah. that bullshit, mm-hmm. which First Amendment protects you from the government, not just from mm-hmm. your own ramblings, but whatever. Um, so that's, that is the trouble when you hear of this caravan. And we won't have a conversation, though, about that caravan in, in its white supremacist ideology. What we'll talk about is we'll talk about um, they had weapons. Mm-hmm. And so we need to have a conversation around guns. We'll talk about this big, large caravan, um, you know, but we won't talk about the ideology of the group. Mm -hmm. We won't talk about what the group is doing. We will move through that conversation, which like they are a Texas-based white supremacist group. It's what they are. And they were wearing khakis. I always wear my khakis when I go to a riot. Yep. Uh, Khakis, uh, blue shirts. Um, hats with the Patriot Front logos and one on the back of one of the shirts, um, it says Reclaim America. So again, this take back, great replacement, the fear, like the belief, the perpetuation of the belief that whiteness is being taken away. It's, It's going somewhere and we need to take it back. That mentality and you are right like the the uneducated willfully ignorant racist people who um are who believe this or don't have a belief of really anything are ignorant right and hear this and think like holy shit like yeah you know black you know black people are taking over the country we need to take it back so anytime i hear anything that's about a take back or a reclaiming, it just is so dangerous, Natasha. It's dangerous <clears throat> and it's scary. And I think, you know, there are there are really subtle ways in which this comes up in some, um, I think, equally as dangerous ways in organizations that are steeped in racism. School's one of them, right? Like, you know, kind of getting back. And I would say these last two years of COVID and just the needs of our students and the needs of our children and um and the mentality and belief of like, we need to get back to this compliance and this, like there, there are layers of this that are very, very dangerous. So as a listener, when we say this topic is, what are you talking about? I also want you to like, what are you hearing? And what are you saying as a result of, um, you know, the conversations that are happening? Because if you're ever in a space with a white person talking about taking something back, you should be pausing and you should be aware, conscious, and you should be saying, tell me more about that. Absolutely. I mean, I agree with you that I think that's what this whole episode is about is like, what, what do you, when these events happen, you need to be listening, right? For what people either are talking about or not talking about. Mm -hmm. And so there's two parts of that, really what you said, when you hear people say, uh, you know, replace something or take something back, what are they saying in that? And then the other part of it is what is the conversation that we're having? Are we having a conversation around this was a white supremacist group? Are we naming those things? Are we sitting in those conversations? And I just like, I can't stress enough to our listeners how dangerous these events are not always for the people in them. It is literally the people that are watching them and being radicalized. I just don't know, like, like that. that's a problem. And I need our listeners to understand the danger of that. 
So there's an article about this um, Patriot Front group that was in Coeur d'Alene. And according to the Southern Poverty Law Center, here's where the importance of understanding what the manifestos of these groups and people says. This group's manifesto calls for the formation of a white ethnostate in the United States. That sounds fun. Doesn't it? Where do I sign up? So an ethnostate, Natasha, is a sovereign state. What does sovereign mean? Sovereign means you don't deal with the government. Right. Like you just, you're, you're your own people. Yep. You make your own rules. You do whatever the fuck you want. So you don't a, deal with law, nothing. Right. So you're a sovereign state of which citizenship is restricted to members of a particular racial or ethnic group. Read white alone. Right. So when you go back now and you say this group's manifesto calls for the formation of a white ethno state in the United States. So again, to your point, that's what's in the manifesto. Right. Now you've got some one-off Peyton, whatever his name was, sitting in his house, access to an AK-47 or an AR-15 or whatever he just bought when he turned two days after he turned 18. Oh, Yeah. I want to live in a country where I'm going to help only, that along. Right. I'm going to join the cop. I mean, and literally all it would take is so uh, a, a person, that Peyton, to see someone, a group like the Patriot Front, going to this LGBTQ, this pride event, getting on the Googles. It's not hard looking up what the Patriot Front is, getting into 4chan, getting into Discord, getting into Reddit, in all these social media spaces. And getting radicalized into this enough to say, I'm going to run. And so I want to be careful to say, I'm not, we're not saying Buffalo happened as a result of Patriot Front. No, we're not. I don't want to just confuse the story. But I think the concept is like how simple it is for those things to happen. And this group had to do nothing but show up at a place, provide some sort of riot. And now we've got Buffalo. And nowhere in our nation's news media coverage, mainstream, I will say, because I don't, right. I'm not following, not, which is, that's on me, like maybe somewhere, but mainstream news media is, is a problem, right? Like mm-hmm. it is, even for, for me, I am, we've talked about this, like I am the headlines, right? The headlines move me. I have to, I have to disrupt and move at my own pace if I want to go now back, if I want to go back and sit in more about Buffalo and the manifesto and compare the manifesto of Patriot Front, what was in, you know, Peyton's manifesto, like, why isn't that the national conversation? Because all these people who are voting and putting Donald Trump in office, like you are, when you say I'm not a racist or that isn't me, he doesn't represent me. That is bullshit. It's bullshit. Like, you choose to pick the thing in a party that you think absolves you from everything else in that party. Amen. Like you don't, you just do not anymore get to go fill in a button for somebody or a bubble on a sheet for anybody that is linked to anybody in the Republican party and not think you aren't putting people, especially in local city, state. And I guarantee some members of that Patriot Front group because they wear masks and they, that's how they show up to their event, or these hood, hood type things. Yeah, like gators over their things. face all yeah. the way up, right? Show um, your faces. Yeah. Well, some of them were outed, so some of them probably be out of job. But these are the people that are running for school board. These are your dentist, your doctors. These are like, these are your people. These are your neighbors. So to just assume that, like, when you vote, these are the people you're voting into to mm-hmm. office. If you don't do any due diligence, do any research, and don't understand the conversation. 
or if you're so quick to move through the conversation. So I would say this episode is called, what are, what are you talking about? And so I think that's the other part of the conversation. Are you able to, and have you, and we keep bringing up Buffalo and Buffalo is not the only, you know, event and thing, but are you able to sit in a conversation about race when you're talking about Buffalo Mm -hmm. or do you immediately have to talk only about guns or only I've heard so much about it's an 18 year old kid. Like what happened? You know, let's just talk what happened like in the Patriot front, racism, mm-hmm. white supremacy culture, that's what happened. Right. But right. It's not complicated. It's not some big national, here's another national conversation, a national conversation on mental health, a national conversation on gun violence, a yep. national conversation, like on education, we'll have all the conversations, on policing, we'll like all the conversations, except the one we need to have and should be having a national conversation on white supremacy culture and racism. Amen. So Amen. fucking men. <laughs> So on that note, listeners, uh, we hope you have a good week and we will see you back at the table. We don't know when. Look for our Instagram live this week. All right. Little teaser. Deuces. I wish we weren't talking about that.